Reporting from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations, this is the Cyber Risk Report. The Cyber Risk Report is a strategic intelligence product created by Cisco analysts that highlights current security issues in mid- to long-range perspectives. The report addresses various risk management categories, such as vulnerability, physical, legal, trust, identity, human, and geopolitical. This report covers the period from June 9th to June 15th, 2014. Cisco Live 2014 keynotes, partner case studies, and session presentations are now available. Registration on the website allows access to additional resources and presentations. Go to www.ciscolive.com US. Vulnerability activity increased sharply due to the large scheduled updates from Microsoft and Adobe, and browser updates from Mozilla and Google. Microsoft published its monthly security bulletin release on June 10th. Microsoft released seven bulletins that address 66 vulnerabilities. The bulletins address vulnerabilities in Microsoft Windows, Microsoft Internet Explorer, and Microsoft Link. The vulnerabilities could allow an attacker to execute arbitrary code, cause a denial-of-service condition, or access sensitive information. The largest and most significant security bulletin was the Internet Explorer update that included software updates for the CMarker vulnerability. Full details of the Microsoft June security bulletins, individual vulnerabilities, IPS signature detections, and mitigation recommendations are available in the Cisco Event Response Microsoft Security Bulletin release for June 2014. Adobe released security advisories and software updates to address multiple vulnerabilities in Flash Player and Air that could allow an unauthenticated remote attacker to execute arbitrary code, bypass security restrictions, or conduct cross-site scripting attacks on a targeted device. Mozilla released security advisories and software updates for multiple vulnerabilities in Firefox and Thunderbird. Google released their monthly update to address multiple vulnerabilities in Chrome. Cisco released a security advisory for a Cisco IOS XR software IPv6 malform packet denial-of-service vulnerability. The highlight for malware activity was research released by RSA on a new financial trojan that appears to incorporate features of many known successful trojans. Mobile malware was highlighted by Android ransomware identified by researchers as SimLocker. The malware is reported to notify users with a message indicating the device is locked due to accessing illegal content and instructs the victim to pay to have the device unlocked. The Cisco Sourcefire VRT has posted new research on the continued development of the Bleeding Life Exploit Kit. IntelliShield published 226 events last week that included 125 new events and 101 updated events. These alerts are available via the IntelliShield Alert Manager service. For more information, visit www.cisco.com go slash IntelliShield. In the Attacks and Compromises Risk Management category, TweetDeck was compromised via multiple cross-site scripting vulnerabilities and used to spam posts to Twitter accounts. The Feedly RSS service has experienced an extended distributed denial-of-service attack impacting the delivery of the RSS feeds and accessibility. The attackers are demanding a payment to stop the DDoS attack, while P.F. Chang's Restaurants appears to have millions of credit cards compromised after the attacker posted the card information on an underground website. The attack is being investigated as another possible point-of-sale compromise and reportedly could be related to the earlier target and other retailer compromises. 
Attackers also posted what is reported as 1.2 million accounts from the Electronic Arts game platform Origin database. Although the long list of accounts does appear to have some questionable information, which Electronic Arts has stated the list to be artificially generated and has nothing to do with Origin. This period's activities highlight the current top threats to many organizations. As with many previous account compromises, the compromise and exportation of the account data was identified through a third party, in these cases the posting of the data on underground markets. Organizations have multiple options for handling DDoS attacks, although most will likely use a provided service to assist them in managing the traffic and limiting the attack. Organizations need to explore these options and have a plan, agreements, and system tests in place prior to the attacks to be effective. The account compromises continue to impact millions of users, who can best defend against the compromises by using a password management application and enabling two-factor authentication wherever it is available. Next, in the Trust Risk Management category, Google has released a transparency report regarding email encryption in transit in an attempt to give customers better information on the security of their emails. Google is also making an effort to encourage other email providers to support encryption in transit. The report also outlined the top domains in terms of email to and from Gmail that supports encryption in transit. While Gmail has always supported email encryption in transit in an attempt to support customers that want to protect their email content, Google is encouraging other email providers to do the same. The main reason for this is that both ends of an email exchange must support encryption. For example, a user with a Gmail account sending an email to another user with a Gmail account can be confident that the message reached the recipient without any modification or disclosure from an unauthorized person performing a man-in-the-middle attack. On the other hand, it would be easier for an attacker to snoop and read email messages if a user sends an email with their Gmail account to a recipient that does not use an email service that supports encryption in transit. The good news is that many email providers are on board with the importance of adding encryption in their applications and services, and those who were not on board prior to Google's transparency report got the message and are looking to implement this security feature in their services. Multiple companies are now preparing to introduce black phones that include encryption, anonymization, and additional security features to limit the potential for the compromise of communications or activity. In the Internet of Things news, two teenagers discovered the default password for a specific brand of ATM machines in the online manual and attempted to report it to a local bank that was impacted by the exposure. The bank apparently didn't believe their story until the teens demonstrated their ability to exploit the ATM. This is one of the oldest and most widely known simple exploits, but continues to be a problem on many systems. But first, the good news is the teens reported the exposure and worked with the bank, instead of attempting to tinker or test the exploit that could have put them in serious trouble with law enforcement. Many systems come default installed with default passwords, and most systems now prompt the system owner to change or remove them during or after initial setup. In this case, the password was identified in an online manual, but the default passwords of thousands of systems are widely available across the Internet. Basic system hardening is a step too often overlooked in reducing the exposure of systems to attacks and is now often more complicated by code bloat and default accounts, services, and applications that are not likely needed or wanted in many environments. The second common mistake is that many of these systems were never designed or secured to be exposed on the Internet. Properly managing the network with segmentation and security controls can further reduce the attack surface by limiting access to the potentially vulnerable systems. 
Finally, in the mobile risk management category, a United States Federal Appeals Court has ruled that law enforcement must obtain a warrant for mobile device location data from cellular service providers. While not as precise as GPS data, the location data based on tower traffic can provide a more general location of the device. Also in related reports, law enforcement in 15 U.S. states has been confirmed to use the Stingray's cell tracking devices. Stingray is a brand name that is widely used to describe the devices used to appear as the cellular service provider's connection system, but many brands and types of these devices are available. The U.S. Appeals Court ruling is significant because it raises the requirement of law enforcement from a request to the service provider to require a court warrant. It also demonstrates the trends in increasing privacy and protections for mobile devices, monitoring, and legal requirements. Over the past year, many of these law enforcement operations have been exposed, prompting more court challenges and rulings in favor of protecting the organizations, service providers, and the end users. Many service providers have begun challenging these requests and attempting to provide transparency in their handling of requests to further increase awareness of the privacy issues. As users shift to mobile devices, they need to be aware of the volume of sensitive information they could be exposing and become more engaged in securing those devices. As with the trends in the courts to protect privacy, vendors are adding more security and privacy features. Simple security measures such as disabling the wireless, Bluetooth, and GPS services when they are not needed greatly reduces the mobile device's exposure to potential monitoring and attacks. This concludes the Cyber Risk Report for this week. To read the full report, visit www.cisco.com slash go slash SIO and select the Cyber Risk Reports link. Tune in for next week's report from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations. Thanks for listening and stay safe.